Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am Vicky Barcelona. And with us, oh, look at that, is BJ Shea. Hey! Hey, 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 and speaking of greatness... There's Joey D's. Hey, that's Joey me. <laughs> what do we got going on today, Joey? Today, Vicky and BJ, we will be talking all things Ant-Man Quantum Maniaverse. Quantum-mania. Yes, BJ and I will give our, give our review of the latest Marvel superhero movie. Vicky B. Hey, that's Vicky. She's going to share some awesome superhero shows that are kid-friendly. Or should I say possum? Po- uh-oh. Awesome. Ooh. Mm, Interesting. I don't even know what that means. Don't worry about it. Well, you'll find out. BJ will, of course, give us his quick comic book recaps of Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Spidey-Man. And we will get the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can the Geek Nationals get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search for BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. <laughs> Odyssey. Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Just search for us anywhere you can do anything with typing into Google. You can do anything that you want to do. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like watch Ant-Man into the Quantumania. Quantumania. Yes, BJ and I ventured out to the lovely movie theater. It's so great to be back in the theaters, I have to admit. That is cool, because Joey Dees uh, loves the movies. Yeah. I love the movies. One of my favorite things to do. We've been going to movies since, man, what was it? I would say you showed me uh, Starship Troopers I when was I was a very young say. child. Yeah, that was a very bad thing for a parent to do. Right at the R. Uh, yeah, and you were maybe 10, maybe? 10's a good stretch. Yeah. Let's go with 10. Yeah, you probably weren't 10. You probably were younger, but yeah, we've been doing the movie thing for a long time, and uh, you know, whenever there was a cool movie, you and I would back-to-back it. And at a younger age, you were like, this is fantastic, Dad. Of course we will stay in the movie theater and see it over and over and over again. That doesn't happen so much anymore mm. uh, because Joey Dees has a life. And he's like, look, Dad, I, 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 we I, both I, have a life yeah, and true. less time. Yeah. So, But, yeah, we've been doing this. Uh, at least I remember all the way back to episode one of Star Wars. Uh, that, that, that's my memory of where we would just do that back-to-back thing of all the blockbuster movies. God, I loved that movie when I was younger. He did. He really Jar Jar did. Jar Jar Binks was dope. I know. It, 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 it. There's always a bigger fish, which I think is also a classic Liam Neeson line, of course, if I've got a particular set of skills. But there's always a bigger fish is always a great line. I love it. Yeah, that and the pod racing scene were just so vivid in my memory of something cool. I mean, that was early, 1999, actually, I think, right? Yeah. I, I, take nothing away from George Lucas. He knows how to put special effects on a screen, he and his company. Uh, and you can say what you want about those Star Wars movies, but the special effects for the time were tremendous. And for a little kid, I mean, you get to see that magic on a screen. Come on. Yeah, and I think if you're a little kid now watching this, Ant-Man in 3D will do that same thing for you. And you're right. This is a great kid movie. It's a great popcorn movie. And if you can watch it with a 3D, uh, I think like Avatar, it's something you should watch in 3D to really appreciate the gorgeous stuff they threw on the screen. Most definitely. I, when oh, you yeah. say kid movie, how old? Because I got a four-year-old little brother. Oh, that's oh, a little... I mean, it's, you know... Like a tween movie? It's... When I, a kid... I think you could take... 
there's not a lot of bad language. There's not a lot of blood. Okay. It's just, you know, there's a lot of action, a lot of craziness. So any, I think if you probably, I, I would say probably six years old, maybe is cool and above. Okay. Uh, and, and maybe even younger if you really know your kid. Yeah. Uh, and they've seen, and, and, you know, <laughs> because there's nothing in this movie that I think is like bad for a kid as far as language so much or even like gore. They say rhymes with Rick a lot. I don't oh, know. Right. If, yeah, they do. Say but that. you know, yeah. when I was younger, I learned it pretty young. That word, yeah. you know, those words, pretty young. But I, I think even nowadays, kids probably even younger learn yeah. that now. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's inappropriate or not. But I don't like. I said I don't think there's like massive violence, and there's a lot of like kid targeted humor in this okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and and yeah, I mean, it still can be. You know, every every once in a while, Kang can scare you because yes. Kang can. You know, he says some scary things, and looks like he can be scary at times to people, and. But again, you have to know your kid, mm. but there's sure no, there's no gore and there's no okay. outside of rhymes with Rick, no horrible, horrible language that I remember. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot going on on the screen and that also mm-hmm. can be intense for some kids. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to take your kid to a 3D movie, know that it's, uh, but, but it is gorgeous. That to me is the best part of the movie is just the gorgeous artistry and, and, and cinematography that they gave us. So I think before we go on, BJ, we'll give a rating and then I'll do a little spoilers alert and then we can go into the, the spoiler section of this. Spoiler alert! But I give this about a seven. I actually enjoyed it. I know that the plot was bad, but I think that overall the journey was fun and they didn't skimp on the CGI too much. Yes, and it was just two hours long, which is why, uh, Joe, I will give it a seven and a half. Wow. Because it was two hours long. Now, I'm saying this as a Marvel fan, and this is important. And I talked about this uh, with other people, and they look at me glazed over because, well, they're not Marvel fans. I think... If you're going to see like Rotten Tomatoes criticize a Marvel movie, it's it don't even bother because it's like if they're if these critics are not Marvel fans themselves, it doesn't matter because you see the discrepancy between what RT gave Ant-Man, which is like 40 something, but what the fans gave Ant-Man, which is like 80 something because they're Marvel fans. Right now Disney's making movies for us Marvel fans. It doesn't even, they don't care whether or not it's an Academy Award winning film. They don't care whether the masses love it because there's enough of us. That's that, so it's even dumb to have a regular critic criticize a Marvel movie because yeah, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's surely great for a Marvel fan. Yep, and we are still getting out of the post-pandemic movie era. So this is kind of like the the tail wrap-up of movies that were still being filmed and made while we were in COVID lockdown kind of thing. So this is 2020, 2021, and then maybe later 2022. So we're, we're fully out of it now, I think, probably by summer. So this is that last movie that also may have been a little affected by that. Probably not too much. But I agree with you. I think that, you know... If you're a Marvel fan, you're going to like the movie because you have seen all of the background information you need to know. If you haven't, I can see being a little lost and not really being as entertained by the characters. One big complaint I heard from people was that Ant-Man movies are generally lighter. They're more funny. And this was definitely a little bit more dark. We are introducing Kang, who is the big bad guy. Right. Well, into the movies. Yes. Because we've already met him, kind of. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, the multiverse has introduced essentially copies of everyone in different versions of themselves. This is a different Kang. We have seen an original Kang that Vicky's alluding to in mm-hmm. um, Loki. And Ed, look, again, if you don't know any of that, and you're, yeah. I, then you're not a Marvel fan. I'm not, And I'm not gatekeeping. No. It's just that that's what I'm saying is that this movie is made for people who are like been following along ever since the first Iron Man movie. And you've gone phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, and you, you're going to be there at phase 47. 
Um, but yes, it's uh, it's a little darker, but still does give you the Ant Man vibe. Which that character they've said you're going to be the comic guy. You're going to be the the comic relief of of all of the Marvel, all the Avengers. Every time he's around and his own movies. And it was interesting that, you know, Joe, that is interesting that they decided to release the big bad guy, the Thanos, the new Thanos, basically, in one of the lightest movies they have. Boy, I I think that the timing was just what it was. And they were like, this is where we're going to put it. Don't know if that really was the right place. And maybe that's why the movie's huh. a little clunky. I haven't seen it, but I did read before the movie came out that there were fan theories stating that what if he is not the biggest bad that we are going to encounter. Well, if you, in this see, phase. You, if you see the the, the yeah, yeah. If, if you see the end scenes, uh, and, that's going to okay. Yeah, and if you know the Fantastic Four, you understand Kang is well a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's put a big spoiler out right now, and we'll go into that real quick. Yeah. So, if you haven't watched the movie, you don't want to get spoiled. Spoil- skip to the geek sheet. Don't don't let us ruin the movie. Spoiler alert! Yes, so uh, yeah. I so. go to the bathroom. Is it going to be big oh. spoilers? Oh, yeah. It's gonna be, yeah. yeah. If you okay. really want to watch this movie, get oh, the hell out of here. Oh, that's this one I do care about spoilers. Because you even, well, like, even your question, the meme, they almost ruined it for you. Yeah, almost. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that meme is like, uh, I, I, I'm, it's a very irresponsible meme. Was it a meme or the meme? Or are well, you talking well, about the, it was uh, oh, the somebody's f- fan oh, the theory. Theories. Fan theory. Even the fan theories are like kind of ruining it for you because I, the only way to answer that fan theory would be to ruin the movie for you. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And we yeah. won't do that. So, Vicky, yeah. yes. I'm going to go use the yeah, restroom go use the while restroom. you do your thing. All right. All right. Do, 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 Vicky's do, going to the restroom. I can't believe Spock died. That was the. Re- oh, sorry, Vicky. I didn't know you were right. No. Yeah. All right. Here we are. Vicky's out of the room so we can talk about. Yeah, Kang is uh, an amazing time character, and there's four million of them, including they showed us the Rama Tut version of Kang in that cut scene or the, or the end credit scene, which we know from the Fantastic Four. I thought that was really cool. He was the Egyptian looking dude. Uh, that's that's Rama Tut. Whether they'll ever call him Rama Tut, but uh, but I mean, my attitude is this: if we don't see the Fantastic Four somewhere in this Kang <laughs> friggin' storyline, <laughs> especially when we saw Rama Tut, I mean, come on, America! And Rama Tut is the Fantastic Four's villain. Yes, he's yes. Uh, as well as Kang. Actually, we saw Kang. I think the first time we saw Kang was Fantastic Four. So because they went down to the microverse themselves way oh. before Ant Man did, and there was a guy called Psycho Man, which. I don't know if we've seen Psycho Man in no. any Marvel thing, uh, but the uh, so everything is the Fantastic Four except the Fantastic Four. Somehow, like we like all the ideas except the guys that made the ideas, which you know. Paul Rudd decided he wanted to be the hero of this movie. Yeah, um, you know, again, a beautiful looking movie, lots of comic relief in the midst of you know the. I hated Cassie. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. I I feel like. Man, I can't think of the actress that played uh, the, 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 the woman that played in the Hawkeye TV series, uh, but she was so good. You know, it's just when you have a kid actor or someone who's going to be like more than you ever expected them to be, uh, the same thing with Shuri. I think when you take the actor or the character and make more of it than people expected, we never expected Shuri to be the Black Panther. I thought that didn't work for me. I didn't expect Cassie to be a badass. And again, Ah, I don't know if it's the actor, if it's the writing, but the woman, I, forget, I don't know her name in the Hawkeye TV series. Uh, she wasn't played Echo, did she? Uh, no, she played uh, the girl. That, the, the, she basically was the one that wanted to be Hawkeye, and she, so they were teamed up together. Florence? Uh, Florence Pugh yes. is actually, no, that, no. Is, uh, that is Black Widow's sister. Uh, she's got to be. She's not in the main cast. Like the, the, the Linda, uh, Linda, maybe? Oh, or, 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 okay, uh, I think it's Ava Russo. Is yeah, that right? Wait, what's the character's name? Li- uh, Lily? Lila? 
Uh, maybe I guess uh, <laughs> Lilla Barton. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, no, no. That's that's his daughter. No, yeah. this is no. If you go, uh, who's the second? Who's the one? Now we're here. Where is she? Uh, she's not even in there in the in the character list. Uh, I guess not. Wow. Why wouldn't she be the second one? <laughs> I don't wow. know. All right. Well, I can't. I don't know her name. I am so sorry that I don't know her name. But but she was uh, basically she was the one fighting with him. Okay. You know, she was she was also yeah. a great archer. I know that actor and, she, and her scenes with Florence Pugh, uh, you know. So my point being is if you get a good actor and they become badass, I think you go, OK, I buy this. And Cassie Lang, I didn't buy. I just, you know, I mean, she's great just being his daughter. But then they put her into, I think, a role that for me, I was like, I don't like this kid. I don't think this it was it just didn't work for me. I don't disagree. I think she did fine. The only scenes that I thought she wasn't doing great on were the ones where she was supposed to be afraid. I felt like she kept smiling almost when she should have been like in shock. Yeah. And I didn't really get a whole lot of sense of she's like never experienced this before and she's really afraid because she wants to be a superhero. She thinks her uh, motivation in this movie is that Paul Rudd's character has essentially become a yes man. He He's just doing commercials. He's not out being an Avenger and saving the world. And she thinks the world's a really screwed up place and it needs to be fixed. Yes. And so that's kind of the beginning of this movie. She's Which, in you jail. Know, it's kind of like, okay. You and know, they're all I mean, making like, – it's funny because Paul Rudd's character is the guy that just gets S'd on. Like he is the butt of every joke. Yes. And their family's just beating him up. And he's like, you know, I saved the world. And they all make jokes about it. And I'm kind of sitting there like – I get it because their family is like incredibly intelligent and they've all kind of saved the world in their own way. Like it's hope and it's his dad. And so it's kind of a funny scene, but you know, she's getting arrested and it's, and then everyone's just like, ah, because apparently, you know, behind the scenes, they've already made her a suit. So she's yeah. already a superhero. I know. That's the thing. That's And that that plot, are, you know, and I was thinking of how Haley Steinfeld, by the way, who okay. played Kate Bishop. Uh, she's. She, I thought Haley did such a great job in Hawkeye. And basically, it's a young person. Wanting to be part of something, which, of course, Cassie, again, uh, unbeknownst to not only, uh, you know, Ant-Man to, you know, but also not uh, unbeknownst to, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Pym, you know, uh, Patty Pym. Janet. Yeah, Janet. Thank you. Uh, You know, basically. So it's like, okay, you know, so all this stuff is happening. And apparently, you know, Janet, who's been in the microverse or or the quantum realm, is just like, okay, I guess she wouldn't know that. You know, her husband would like do work with this kid, let them. So the plot hole of the movie is, is how we get down there and how all this stuff happens and how we get know know about Kang. And then we find out Janet's history, which, okay, she had a big history down there rather than being alone the whole time. You know, okay, it's like I got to dismiss a lot of that again, because I think they tried to shoehorn. Kang into a, a, a like a a, a a movie franchise that it just didn't belong in. I feel like Kang should have been somewhere else and premiered. And this know. is where I hope someone can fill us in. If you Geek Nationals know at home, was Kang originally in this storyline at all? Like in any mini multiverse? Because it does. I think you're right. It really feels like they had a movie with Janet's character, who is uh, Ant Man's mom or Hope's mom. Ant-Man's uh, uh, essentially significant other in this movie. Yeah. Uh, they, she was the one that was stuck in the, I call it teeny-verse, in the multiverse, or in the uh, microverse. Or the quantum the realm. The quantum realm. And was stuck there for that really long time. She got pulled back and essentially said there's nothing down there. Like, there, And that was where they left it. We come to find that's a lie, obviously. Yes. And this is where they find Kang. Now- I don't know if Kang was ever involved in this way with Ant-Man or anyone else, but to your point, it kind of feels like they had a story written where they go to this place to find her 
and save her, and instead they rewrote it and then put Kang in, in the place. Yeah, and you know they do that because uh, folks that know Modoc, I, th- I mean, Modoc has I, nothing to do, I don't think, with Ant-Man or the, the guy that was the yellow jacket and all of that. So they tend to, in the MCU, just shoehorn a lot of things that wouldn't be in the 616, I think we call the uh, Marvel Universe and comics. And they've determined the MCU is different than the 616, which is different than all these other parallel Marvel worlds. Okay, fine. You know, again, I'll just I'll spend disbelief for all that. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be that, you know, a, a canon monster and go, I'm a canon king and you must be. Ah, but, you know, it's just like uh, you got to get great actors. I mean, there's just when you have somebody that's OK and that's the problem. Catherine, I mean, look, maybe it was the writing. Maybe it was a bad I don't know. But Catherine Newton to me was no Haley Steinfeld and, you know, or Florence Pugh. And that's the problem. You see people who are really good and. You got to be, you know, when you're around other people that are good, you got Bill Murray in the movie, you got Michael Douglas, you, you, you've got Michelle Pfeiffer. These are great actors. You've, you've got, you know, Paul Rudd. You know, uh, I felt like it was weird. I don't know. I felt like Evangeline Lilly was, I mean, she had some political stuff that people weren't happy with. And so I felt like it, she was in the movie, but it was like, so what? I was so I know this is going to shock a lot of people. This movie's actual title is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, and I didn't even realize that they really did a good job of marketing away from the Wasp. Yeah, I think they really were like we wish that we didn't even have to talk about Hope. Um, she was fine though, and they did yeah. bring her character in when it was necessary. I'm of the person like, look, everyone's got a stupid opinion or a good opinion or whatever. Uh, as long as they're not doing something to get them arrested, which if they get arrested, then I think you go, okay, like, you know, the Ezra Miller stuff, it seems like, whoa, boy, I mean, that's some serious stuff. But if you have a stupid opinion or, you know, some people don't think they're stupid opinions, whatever, I don't care. Everyone's got a dumb opinion. I have plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, so I that doesn't stop me from watching a movie. Um you know, which is, of course, going to be a problem when Flash comes out because I think they're going to, like, you know, DC is like, well, look, it's a good movie. What are we going to do? And, you know, well, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. And if you're wondering why we haven't really focused too much on the plot is because this movie is really just uh, almost yeah. like a heist. It, it Essentially what happens, they get stuck in the quantum universe and they just have to find a way out and their way out is to essentially defeat Kang. And Yeah, it's it's dumb. Yeah, it's yeah. really dumb. I mean, he's the most powerful whatever. And he, you see what he builds down there. And he needs Scott Lang to go steal something for him? What? So the plot essentially is, uh, is that okay. Kang's time-traveling machine has broken. And uh, Janet, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, broke it and then got out of the quantum universe. They need them back to essentially be able to shrink down to a certain size to go fix it. Yeah, That's the plot. Kang essentially says, hey... I'm going to murder your family if you don't fix it. And that's pretty much the plot of the movie. And he's got all of these, like, creatures or whatever, these robot guys. I don't know if they're alive or not because one dude. Stormtroopers. I don't think, because I think they're people because the telepath was able to read one of their minds. So they must be cyborg-y, whatever. But he has the ability to make all this stuff. And he can't figure out how to get his stupid thing, you know, shrunk or unshrunk. He needs Scott, and he can't have, and he's making Scott. I'm like, I'm just like, okay, I'm sure there's a way to do it. I'm sure that somebody will go, well, actually, but it's just like, it's so dumb. It's just like when a guy that powerful needs to do this, and that's why I was like, it's a fun movie, but the story is just a little too loose for me. It's a little too whatever. And this is where the critics, I think, get their 50% rating from. Yeah. For them, when they're reviewing a movie, they really have to dissect 
What's the plot about? Yeah, everything. What's the setting? How are the characters interacting? How is the acting? And a lot of it's pretty subpar. Like, the acting is fine, yeah, you know, yeah, for a majority for of the, the part. For, for, yeah, for the good actors, because they're good actors. Yeah, and because they're written comedically. Yeah, you know, and the dialogue's okay. Like That's why I say poor Catherine Newton. I just feel like she sticks out like a sore thumb as somebody that, insert, like you said, in certain scenes didn't even look like she was portraying the kind of emotion she should have been. Uh, but Jonathan Major steals the show. He's Kang. Yeah, and we saw him in Loki, so we knew, okay, Jonathan Majors, uh, heavy hitter. We just, uh, we, again, smart on Marvel. They get great actors to play these outlandish these villains and because you need them to make them not so as outlandish as they are in the comic books. Because it's like the days of Stan Lee and Dr. Doom going, I will have my vengeance. How dare you? You, utter, you know, it's like nobody does that anymore with villains. And so you need, but that's when they were created. So you need guys like majors to make them more like, okay, this is a legitimate guy now. And the Kings he has to play are essentially the opposite of what you were saying because he has to play, I think he does four Kings in this show, or in this movie. He did one King in um, yes. Loki. And then he did about... 35 Kangs in the extra credit scene. I'm telling you, man, it's like watching the series Orphan Kang with Tatiana Maslany because, yeah, he's, you're right, and that's going to be really, I'm excited to see how, you know, get more Kangs just to see how Majors does all these different Kangs. Um, it's, uh, it, it, so that, I, I, you're right, Kang is great, like Kang, the visual effects and the, 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 the 3D cinematography, well worth it. Uh, you know, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, fantastic. Uh, Michael Douglas doesn't disappoint. I will always love Michelle Pfeiffer. I, you know, I always felt like she was able to act beyond her beauty. And you know what? She was definitely a sex symbol actress back in the day. And yet she still always acted through that, which is not easy to do. Uh, but then she's such a good actor. That's how she, you know, and so she, she brings what she brings and, uh, did a nice job on that. And, uh, like I said, Evangeline Lilly was there. It really felt like Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> I promise I won't say anything stupid. Uh, you know, kind of what she was yeah. doing. And, and that's why I kind of think I expected more from this movie. I still did enjoy Bill it. Bill Murray like was said. good. That was yeah. a fun thing. Fun cameo. Yeah. And he always said he wanted to be in the Marvel, in the MCU, and he got in. Yeah, and so I, I think this could have been a really great movie. Maybe they didn't want to rush too much into their new phases because they're really trying to set up the shows and Kang and Kang being as huge, powerful. And the problem I have, and I want to know this, and Vicky kind of alluded to it before she left, before the spoilers. This is supposed to be Kang the Conqueror, or at least that's what they allude to. And Kang the Conqueror is the most powerful of all the Kangs. It's not a good setup for your villain when Ant-Man and his group of mischievous friends can just defeat the most powerful Kang. Yeah, I don't know the world enough to know if we found a more powerful Kang. And I'm embarrassed because I just, there was a story arc with Dan Slott in the Fantastic Four where actually we revisited Kang, which I thought was really cool. And I forget which version of Kang is, because they're all, this is the other thing. There are different Kangs where they don't even look like themselves. So that's why, at least, or at least the alpha, it's like, so I, like Rama Tut does not look like Kang the Conqueror in the comics. But they've decided we're going to have them all look like Jonathan Majors, which I don't have a problem with. It's the MCU, even though the idea is he's going to cross out of the MCU and get all the other universes and all that. So we'll see, Joe. I guess the MCU is going to tell you that maybe the Conqueror wasn't the most powerful within this version of Kang. But you're right. In the comics, I always thought he was the top dog. Because he gets his suit, and that's the big thing. Kang is not powerful without his suit. He has yeah. a similar to a Doctor Doomish thing. Once he gets that suit, he's wicked powerful. He's hyper-beaming people. He's essentially 1v arming the the uh, good yes, guys I mean, it's, in it, the movie. It's tech-based. 
you know, he himself is just a regular dude, as we saw. Yeah. Um, so, but then he does somehow, there's like, they, they, they have contact with each other. It's like Jet Li, the one. They know about each other, and they're hanging out, and they're figuring it out. And they're, apparently there are just thousands and thousands of Kangs, as they showed us. Yeah, and so what happens is, is uh, Kang does get defeated and dies at he the did. end of this movie. And, and it's, it's confirmed that they said he's dead. At least that's what they want us to believe now. This Kang the Conqueror, and he is referred to as the exiled one by the other Kangs. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Which makes me Out think of that all is the him. Bad guys. Yeah, and so they, and the reason uh, why this is important is because the Kangs essentially call all the Kangs and all the multiverses to this big coliseum because... It's KangCon. Once the, uh, once... Someone touches the multiverse because that's Kang's big thing. You know, he is the first person to essentially traverse the multiverses and essentially get his whole group of people together himself. Uh, once that happens, they feel threatened. And that's the idea because they control the timeline, as we saw in Loki. Uh, that's why one of the Kangs was at the end of that show where they're watching the timeline. And, and he apparently he's the cool Kang. I mean, apparently, you know, whatever you want to say, he was trying to prevent what's about to happen. Yeah. So they call them all together to say, hey, we now re recognize that one of the Avengers groups has killed the exiled one, which apparently is a big thing because a lot of the Kings wanted to be the one who killed the exiled one themselves. Yeah. I got the idea. They felt there was no group of humans that existed in any timeline that could hurt them. Yes. And now they're like, oh, crap, which sucks because really... You know, Reed Richards is supposed to be the guy that outsmarts Kang, so that kind of hurts, we'll see. hurts they my were, heart. They had, they might be. Bringing I hope in it eventually. is. It's like it's you no, know, no Avengers, no X Men. It was the Fantastic Four. Come on, people! And while this movie was a great ride, if you just see the after credit scene, you pretty much get caught all the way up to where they're going to start off. Because yeah. essentially, all they're saying is that now that the Exiled One is dead, their plan that they have put in motion throughout the multiverses has to be fast forwarded because they're going, they're behind. Kang will return. And that's what we do. We do get the words, Kang will return. And we don't know if it's the new Loki series. We definitely know he's in it, because we got a spoiler in the second cinematic scene. That, oh, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And it has been confirmed he will be in the last three episodes of that Loki series. Okay, so we don't know if it's all of them or one of them. Correct. That's the hard thing to know. Like, are they going to just give us a little piece of the storyline, or are they going to give us all the Kangs in Loki? Well, I guess Disney goes, well, you better tune in to find out, buddy. Which I got to say, I, I liked the first season of Loki. I That one, like, 20 second clip that they gave us at the end of the movies. Well, oh, I was like, let's go. Let's get to season two already. Well, here's the thing great actors. Yes. Tom Hiddleston and uh, Luke Owens. L Oslin, uh, Luke Owens. <laughs> Luke Owens. Uh, <laughs> Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. That's the guy. Uh, yeah, those guys are good actors. Yeah. You know, and that's what makes anything, you know, especially, especially Owen, where he's just an ordinary average detective in the midst of this insane universe, which really brings it down and humanizes it and makes it great, especially their dialogue. And of course, Tom Hiddleston is just a gem. So good. Uh, and so this is why, uh, you know, they got lucky with, uh, who's the, who's the little mini Spider-Man? Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. They got lucky with Tom Holland because again, you got guys like him who I think pretty much a similar age as Catherine Newton when we were introduced to him. He's a great actor. You know, uh, I will even like pretty much the entire cast of Spider-Man. When you think of all these young actors, I don't know how well, they, how well, you know, the, the, the dude that played Ned Leeds and of course Zendaya, uh, you know, the, when you get somebody that's not on the level of them, I know I'm beating this. I'm, I'm so I'm sorry to harp on it, but you really it goes all the way back to uh, Boba Fett. It's like you cannot have a subpar actor 
be a gigantic role. And I think that's one of the big reasons why Boba Fett failed. A lot of people want to talk about the, the you know, the script writing or whatever. I'm telling you, no, I'm telling you, he just is not that great of an actor to carry a C, especially after having to follow up Pedro Pascal. It's, that's the thing is, oh, you're giving me Catherine, you're putting her in the center. No, you got to give me, I, I sound like a horrible guy. I'm sorry, Catherine. You're probably a really nice person. She is the spark that really does ignite a lot of the plot over and over and over again. So I see why, yeah. to you, that just all becomes unbelievable because you don't believe her character anywhere. Part yeah. of it. And she's in a lot of the scenes. So I mean, and, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think for me, oh. you know, it's one of the small things that, you know, I was kind of like, all right, shut my mind off of let's just, you know, we're, I just want to see Kang. That's pretty much why I was here for the movie. I was like, I just want to see this. You got to, I see, just Kang. Want to see Kang. So we got to see Kang. Yeah. Not a bad movie. Definitely recommend seeing it yeah. in theaters 3D if you can as well. Yeah, let me say this. I gave it a seven and a half. You know why? Because it was only two hours long. And Wakanda that went on forever, you know, that was two hours and 40 minutes. Had Wakanda forever been two hours, I would have given that movie probably an eight, maybe even an eight and a half. Wow. Because there was a lot I liked about that movie, and there was a lot I didn't like about that movie. And a big part of it was like, this is way too long. We are, again, it's, that's why fan service is like, don't always listen to the fans. We don't always know what we want. <laughs> you, know, you know better. You really do. And maybe I'm an old guy, but the fans shouldn't dictate everything they want. They should leave it to the professionals and be happy with what the professionals give us. Because, you know, 80% of the time they do it right. And I think with Wakanda Forever, too much fan service, which made that movie too long. And that's why I liked Ant-Man. It didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, and if it had, it would have been a problem because they did not have a whole lot of plot in that movie. Oh yeah, you put another forty yeah. minutes in Ant Man, and that goes down to a five and a half, maybe <laughs> six for me. If you give me, if you make me sit in that chair for another forty minutes. So uh, I definitely still recommend seeing it. I think, uh, like we said, m- most people can see it age wise. I think you probably want to start around ten if you really want to be cautious. But ten or up, I think you'd be good to go. Uh, it's a ride. There are so many great laughs for the kids. Yes. I mean, and while I didn't appreciate those jokes, I do think that they were great for you the movie. You would have loved those in the Jar Jar Binks oh, yeah. days. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Especially that dude with the holes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would have loved that dude. And the, it's the, I hate to do this because, you know, Taika Waititi can do no wrong, but the comedy in this movie was better done, in my opinion, than what it was in Thor. Like, the Thor was just so repeated in the yeah, last Taika, movie. Yeah, Taika in Thor 3, fantastic. Yes. And, you know, I think we just got too much Taika in yeah. Thor 4. Uh, and look, I love Taika Waititi. Uh, if you haven't seen Our Flag Means Death on HBO, my God, what a fantastic show. But that's Taika. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, when you're in, the, you know, it's like Taika, it's not a Taika movie. It's supposed to be a Marvel movie with Taika flair. And I think there was just too much Taika f- in, in, in Thor 4. Uh, so he, you know, so I, I'm not opposed to what, it's just, he, you know, reel him back. And yeah. that's, you know, uh, and I think that's the key. These are Marvel movies and, you know, get really good actors and keep them shorter. But this is definitely an upswing, an uptick in the movies. Yeah. I think that from where we were, we're finally getting back to the story. We're going to start. I hope we start involving characters, not just one group of characters. We have Guardians coming up. That's the next big have one. No, And I don't think we're going to have any Kang in there unless they're keeping that a dark secret. Because, I mean, the whole thing is supposed to be a whole other storyline, which was kind of revealed in Guardians 2. Uh, with you know Adam Warlock and all that, and this uh, is the thing. This is what this is all Guardians Three has to do, right? Because we know this is their final send off. A lot of the actors aren't coming back. We know this is going to be the last wrap up story for this. All they have to do is bring in the bad guy that's going to connect and bridge to Kang. Yeah, I'm or, not, yeah. That's all they have to do I by the end of the movie. That's going to be an end scene. 
you know, it, it can be. We're going to find out that whoever's a bad guy is probably, you know, collaborating, or maybe it's a version of Kang. That's totally fine, as long as they can bring it all together. Because you can, and this is what I do not want. I do not want to leave that movie theater with zero progression in the main storyline. Oh boy, I, that's all I, I, I send them off. I hope you're right. That's all we need. Stop. We'll wait and see. Let's get Vicky, Vicky back in here because she's got stuff to talk about. Vicky, you're back. Uh-huh. And you are watching a superhero show that doesn't involve humans. Technically, I'm watching two of them. One does involve humans. One does not. But the Ooh. big one that I just learned about, it came out this year. You can watch it on Disney Junior or on the Disney Plus app. Super Kitties! Super uh, that's literally how they uh, they Wait. do it whenever they get dressed up. It's Super Kitties. So what 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 is this? Like a kid show? It's a little kid show. So oh! If you want to, if you have to, okay, I shouldn't say if you want to. If you have to watch kid yes. appropriate shows with Damn. your littles, this might be one for you. Like it, it's entertaining, as in the it's silly, but it teaches a good moral lesson at the end for the kids. Oh! Uh, but it tells the story of four fierce furies. Furry superhero kittens are on a mission to make Kitty Dale a more caring and possum place. Hey. hey. I get it. It's it's adorable. The music is hilarious. It almost has like a Sailor Moon-esque like sequence where they get their costumes on. They're just regular kitties by day, chilling out. And then all of a sudden they get a little notification. They must save the day. They're and crime fighters. They are crime fighters. It is bright and colorful. It is silly. It is adorable. So if you have a little kid and you kind of want to get them into the superhero genre, this might be a good place to start. I feel like you could probably even go as little as, like, little toddlers, and they will enjoy the show. How many episodes has Tiny Geo binged? Oh, we watched all of them. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah. We just had him on. Even when he was playing, it was still on. No, I want Super Kitties. Okay. There's only 13 episodes, so, I mean, it's not that hard. Uh, since it just came out, it looks like I think we're getting another season uh, sometime. Nice. So. Got that to look forward to. Another show, though, we've also been watching, and he's not been taking off his outfit, and I need to buy him another one because this is all he freaking wears. For Christmas, we bought him a Spider-Man costume. Uh, not even a costume, pajamas. Oh. Spider-Man. Guess what he wears to school now? His pajamas. Okay. <laughs> it looks like a Spider-Man costume. Wow. And I love it because also on Disney+, Plus, and it's on, uh, I think, Disney Junior., they have Spidey and uh, his amazing friends. And oh, right. Yes. We've talked about this before. Like the, the little theme song was done by the lead singer Fallout Boy. It's really catchy, really fun. Uh, but this in this universe, if you will, you have Spider-Man, Peter Parker. You have Ghost Spider, which is Gwen Stacy. And then you have another one named Spin, who is Miles Morales. So oh. they're all buddies and they all kind of get together to help you know, fight crime and everything. And they have Rhino, the Green Goblin. You have Doc Ock, who's this kind of snarky, badass little gal who has like a side shaved head. Oh, she's hilarious to me. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit more uh, in, like diverse, if you will. Like even I think, um, what is it? Officer Stacy is her mom instead of her oh, dad. Oh, okay. You do get your Aunt May and everything. And they, they do even have uh, other Marvel characters make appearances. Like we have Miss Marvel, Black Panther, Hulk. Uh, and we also have Tony Stark, who is voiced by John Stamos. Oh, wow. <laughs> he does <laughs> make an awesome. appearance. And I, All right, John I, Stamos. I think there was even a uh, interview at some point with him. They're like, so you've already played Iron Man and, you know, Spidey and his amazing friends. Do you think he might make an appearance as, you know, Iron Man from a different uh, multiverse, if you will. So I think he said something like, eh, I'm open to it. And if you think about it, like if, have you seen, I, we've talked about him on here before, the, uh, 
if uh, these Marvel movies were made in the 80s or if made in the 90s, who would be acting or starring in these? And I think one of them was maybe John Stamos as ah. either Bucky or as Iron Man if it wasn't Tom Cruise. So I think I, I wouldn't hate that if they had to bring Iron Man back in one way or another and it wasn't going to be uh, Robert Downey Jr. But yeah, honestly, though, as far as shows that you're kind of stuck watching with kids. Yep. This isn't a bad one. These two were a lot of fun. You could still watch them. They're entertaining. You don't want to pull your hair out. And you get them into Marvel Young. So I definitely Oh, yeah. Then you can Spider-Verse them after that. I mean, I just need to get them to wear other Spider-Man shirts. I buy them, not just the one pajama. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, you should Uh, probably get backups. Which show does he like more? Mm, Well, literally, he changes his mind every day. But last was Super Kitties. Ah, super, super kitties. kitties. So he's going to want a super kitty outfit. Oh, yeah, you probably should get him one of those. I don't know if they have those, but that would be hilarious. Super kitty. Well, moving on from super kitties to uh, one of BJ's uh, most loved franchises that he's still waiting to get a movie for that doesn't tank in the box office. Yeah, scenes. they've given him three tries. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to ask anybody to give him a fourth one. But it is the hey. hey. Damn, he the Fantastic Four, BJ. Fantastic Four. What's going on in the comics? What's going on in the comics? Well, uh, we uh, the last we are now we we now figured out what the heck is going on because the Baxter Building is gone and just a gigantic hole, uh, and we didn't know why for the longest time. As we have a new set of writers and, and creative team, and this last issue, they told us why. Dun, dun, dun. And it was a thing that needed to happen. It was one of those, like, if we don't do it, everybody dies. But unfortunately, we're going to do it, and a lot of people are going to die. And so <laughs> well, a lot of people are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that people hate the Fantastic Four because, like, my my uncle died because of what you did. And Reed's like, I know, but, I mean, if I didn't do this, it really would have been a lot worse. And one of those really rock-in-a-hard-place things that we found out what was going on. Uh, and so they've got to deal with the aftermath of that, uh, including the fact that, like, some people that they love are missing because they – they basically relocated the Baxter building in a way that, like, okay, I think it was a time travel thing. And so it's, it's, they, they have to wait a year for the building to reappear. And they're just like, well, wait a minute. Even though for them it's not going to be that long, but it's still hard to convince people that, hey, you have to wait a year, but your kids are going to be okay. Interesting. See, these okay. people are re- So these people are upset that, you know, that here's Reed Richards again doing what he's doing. But he's like, I get you have to wait a year. But for them, it won't be a year. For them, they'll be, and they'll be here, but they go, but I'll be older. You know, I'll be missed. You know, and it's kind of interesting to see people not be reasonable and be upset just because they have to go through some pain. And you're like, I get it, but what do you want me to do? So this is like being dusted or whatever, like Thanos did. Yes. Got it. Yeah, uh, but Reed did the dusting. Well. Yeah, and, you know, and they're not going to wait five years. They're just going to wait a year, and they know what's going on. And the alternative was like, hey, we're all screwed. Do you throw everyone a birthday party when they come back? I feel like you should, yeah. I mean, because everybody missed their birthday. Great opportunity, right? Yeah. I, I, so, so that's what's happening with the FF. And then uh, with Spider-Man, they've got a, a mini-series, if you will, a sort of like a, or a bridge series because there's a new story arc being written. So they got a bunch of guest people to come in and do a, a little mini, like here's what's happening, you know, like a mini-adventure. And he's, uh, he's hanging out with the Black Cat, who's kind of his new girlfriend, though I feel like they haven't really sealed any deal. He keeps trying to, and it keeps getting messed up because uh, Mary Jane has moved on. Found somebody oh, else, yeah. Wow. So, 
Peter's also working for Norman Osborne, who's normal. Like he's he's like he's not a bad guy anymore. Normal Osborne? Yeah, normal Osborne. Uh, and that's still tripping Peter out. He's like, dude, you ruined my life, including the whole kill Gwen Stacy thing, and yet you want to be your buddy. Um, but yeah, somebody's trying to kill Spider-Man and the Black Cat, and they're like, wait, whoa, wow, what the? So we've got to figure out what the hell's going on. Why is everyone um, always trying to kill Spider-Man? Yeah, you know, I, th- I feel like he's ticked off a couple people. I don't know. I you know, like if they called him Spider-Boy, they'd probably like him more. That would have been thing. Nobody ever goes after Spider-Boy. No, they go after Spider-Man. Know, but Spider-Man, you're a man now. You must die. <laughs> yeah, and I've always liked the Black Cat. Felicia Hardy is um, is, is a cool character. I mean, she's definitely the like the wild girl, which is interesting because Mary Jane was always like the wild girl, and Gwen wasn't as wild as Mary Jane. And then they they found somebody even wilder than Mary Jane with the black cat because she's like a cat burglar. And she used to have these bad luck powers, and I don't know if she still has them anymore because I haven't seen her use them in a while. Uh, But anyway, they hang out, and it's interesting because as far as I know, she's agile and stuff, but she doesn't have, like, spidey strength. So not sure how she even hangs in a fight, but she does. Sure. Yeah. So magic. Yeah. I haven't unless she's got some new powers that I just don't know about, and you know, be nice if somebody let me know. Nine hey, lives. Hey, Joe <laughs> Kelly, the writer. Uh, tell me what's going on with Black Cat because it feels like she shouldn't be able to hang with Peter. At least you know, fighting people. Yeah, Peter's very strong. I forgot how strong Spider Man actually is. Well, he's got the strength of a spider, and it's like they can lift fifty-two times their own weight. There you go. That's what it is, baby. Boom, science. Which is why Kingpin. They were like, at least when they went brought it to the movies. You know, Kingpin's a big guy, but he's not super strength, and so... He's just brute muscle. Yeah, but even still, muscle is, like, still... like Maybe not the 50... MCU has some really great steroids. And so they're like, you know who's better is Daredevil. Daredevil's a better guy, because Daredevil doesn't have super strength either. They, that, they, they should be together. There and, we go. Yeah, we'll go get, like, you know, we'll get Rhino and, and Green Goblin. Those are the guys, because, yeah, you know, Kingpin's like, I'm a big guy! <laughs> And I always that's his line. Yeah, that's his. I'm a big guy, and I, here's his line: I move quicker for a guy than you expect me to move. And Spider-Man goes, "Yeah, but you're still kind of like the chubby guy, and I'm I I can lift 52 times my own weight, and I got this little tingling tingling thing that tells you when you're gonna punch me." The Peter Tingle. Yeah, Peter I feel like the, yeah, the Peter Tingle's gonna kind of beat you there, buddy. And Kingpin. Even though he was like, you know, supposedly muscular, they still kept calling him chubby back in the day. Back when it was, you know, you, they, yeah. they, they realized that's not a nice thing to say, even though the guy's a mean guy trying to kill everybody. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. you got to so, be nice to everybody these days. You do have to be nice to even to psychopaths, you do. Awesome. Thank you for that comic book update, BJ. But now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what do you got for us? Well, I got a couple movies that are coming out this week, and then I got something that uh, I would like BJ to read. Ooh. Oh, really? All right. Do you want to bring up that Creed 3 is coming out this week as of the moment of this recording? I don't have any uh, ratings as of yet, but I mean, who doesn't like Michael B. Jordan? And as well, the beautiful Tessa Thompson. I do have Creed 1 and Creed 2 on my DVR. I will say, I've only had a chance to see (laughs) one. And I very much enjoyed it. And I'm really excited to see whenever you do get a chance to watch it, what you think. All righty. I heard there was like the the controversy, I guess, was is that uh, Michael B. Jordan kind of did a lot more than he wanted. And and Sylvester Stallone didn't have as much to do with Creed 3. Yeah, he full on, I know, directed this one. I don't know if he directed the other two. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Michael does flying on his own without Sly. And you're going to be seeing another actor you've recently seen in theaters. Yes. Jonathan Majors. Hey, that's Kang. Yes, he's going to be fighting up against Creed, and the posters look pretty intense. Oh, that's why he looked familiar, yes. Yeah, there you go, BJ. Oh, all right. I was like, 
Why does that guy look familiar to me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If Even a though I could defeat Kang. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a well, good I point. mean, it's Killmonger defeating Kang. Ooh. Yeah, but Killmonger with Valkyrie as his girlfriend. Hate and to tell wife. You, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, but Killmonger couldn't even beat the Black Panther. So mm, he had a pretty cool see? suit. Though. That's yeah, why he did, did have yeah. a pretty cool suit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and then Kang's got a better suit, to be honest. So no, he, yeah. I feel like he's going. Creed is going to die. We need an alternate universe to this. But. I really enjoyed the first one. I hope to get to see the second one here soon. Well, you better uh, see the second one before the third one. Well, you, duh. Yeah, you won't. Yeah, uh, your whole brain no. will explode. But especially if you like the old school ones, you're going to be getting a few uh, actors and actresses in uh, obviously play uh, not playbacks, but throwbacks to like back in the Rocky series, which I only kind of remember because I was a baby when I saw them. You did, Bebe. Bebe. Tiny Vicky. I would say Cocky, Cocky, because I couldn't say Rocky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my dad uh, still uh, likes to tell me this story to this day. I like to see Cokey for. Cokey, Cokey. That's actually Cocaine Bear for? Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Cocaine Bear for. Uh, he actually wrestles in that one. <laughs> if he I dies, mean, he dies. If you haven't seen Cocaine Bear yet, that's still an option to go check out in the theaters. Oh. There is one that I did want to bring up just because I kind of like the poster. Still not going to watch it because scary. Oh. Uh, but it looks like they have a new Children of the Corn out. So if you you're a fan of that uh, franchise. Oh. That might be something worth checking out. Not really familiar with any of the actors, so it's probably more of a up yeah. and comer. I like corn. I'm I like a, corn. Yeah. 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 If they don't use that, mm. I'm more a children of the corn on the cob. Uh, that's where oh. I'm at. That t- Butter salt. That's yeah. Amazing. Children of the cream of corn. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, it's funny because the guy who's directing it, his name is Kurt Wimmer. He also, his highest rated movie he's directed is Point Bright, Break Back in 91. Oh, wow. But his least rated one is Ultraviolet back in 2006, that not great one. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, was that with uh, oh, Charlize Jovo- Theron? I think it was Mila Jovich. Oh, she, oh, that's right. Mia, yeah, Mila uh, yeah. Jovich, however she says her name. That I know I, I saw it. I think it was her. I think I, Aeon Flux was uh, Charlize Theron. That's the one, yeah. yeah. I did see both, actually. And uh, yeah, mm. Ultraviolet was, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's put out some iffy ones, but he did. Uh, he was the director and writer for Equilibrium. So if that if you enjoyed that one, uh, that one got eighty one percent on the. So he's been. He's been how about this guy's been doing stuff? So yeah, if you're a fan of that, Children of the Corn. I am not. I am a fan of corn. I still like corn with butter, or sometimes if you do elote, mayonnaise and cheese. It oh, is Children of Elote. Oh my God, uh, that needs to be a thing now. Okay. So I found this meme, and I really, really, really wanted BJ to be a part of reading this. All right. I'll read the first part, because it says, Remember that most of H.P. Lovecraft's stories are set in or near Massachusetts, so you should be mentally giving all the characters Boston accents. Oh, So I was hoping right. you could read this last line for me. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. It's an Eldritch Hara from Beyond the Stars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I could not have done that justice. No. Thank you. Woo! Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? With all these tentacles. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. Can you do an accent? All these oh freaking tentacles. Know. Unbelievable. <laughs> this freaking guy. It's wicked awesome, though. <laughs> Why don't you go park your car? That's his best second. I'm gonna go get a Duncan. I'll be right back. Could we? Could we have like a whole like little mini series of that? Just an HP Lovecraft, but everything completely dubbed for Boston accent. I am in for it. And Mark Wal- Wahlberg could star in it because oh, of course, not? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maki Mac. Gotta get the Maki Mac. Let's get some Duncans. Yeah, I can't do it. Anyways, thank you for joining us, and until next time, guys, stay nerdy.